Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Friday afternoon, welcome to the weekend. Sports Talk Mississippi on the road today. We are broadcasting in Oxford. We are in front of the Visit Oxford Cottage, the Oxford Visitor Center. On the square as we kick off the 26th Double Decker Arts Festival. But we are going to hit the ground running with you on this Friday afternoon. Last night, first round of the draft. And the biggest newsmaker of round one was the Houston Texans. A year ago, the Texans did not have a pick in the first round. Last night, they did. And then they got more. And to talk about it, kind enough to spend a few minutes with this this afternoon, our buddy John Harris, sideline reporter for the Houston Texans Radio Network. He joins us from Houston. Tell me what the scene was like last night. The setup was incredible. ton of Texans fans there. And then, John, your football team went to work last night. Yeah, it, was, it was wild, Richard. I mean, I'm just trying to put it into words. Uh, it's almost just too difficult, really, because – We've been down for so long. You know, last year in 2022 was the first year we had had first-round picks in a while. Um, we didn't have them in 18, 20, and 21, and we finally got some back last year. And so it was interesting because fans are kind of dipping their toe in the water. And then last night, anticipating that we could potentially take a quarterback at number two, they came out in droves. Uh, but mm. there was a lot of talk about C.J. Stroud not being the guy for whatever reason. Uh, and it was really hard because – you start listening to all these pundits, and they're like, man, they're saying we're not taking Stroud, but that just makes the most sense. And it was a lockbox upstairs with our GM, uh, Nick Casario, and our front office. They didn't talk to anybody. They kept it under wraps. And so everybody started speculating and what was going on, and then they drafted C.J. Stroud, and I thought, oh, my goodness, this is a great way to start the night. And then not five minutes later, Seven minutes later, we find out, hey, the Texans are back on the clock. And we thought maybe there's a chance they could trade up. But this draft party is going crazy. And we're doing our show kind of off to the, you know, on the other side of the stage. And we're hearing the draft, like there's a trade. And we're like, oh, my God, are they going to get Will Anderson? And they did. And they come out of there with C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. It's funny, Richard, because I've been kind of playing around for about, I don't know, two months with what could the Texans do, because to me it was a four-player elite draft. It was a two-quarterback, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. It was the two defensive guys, Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. I feel like those are the four elite guys from everybody else. Could they get two of them? I thought, man, what do they have to do to get two of them? I was like, okay, well, they could do this, they could do that. And then they did it last night. Now, did they have to give up some? 
But I'm telling you, when the name Will Anderson Jr. was called, you can see it on my Twitter feed, at Football. Uh, I got kind of excited because we've been down for a while. We needed a jolt of energy, and we got it last night. All right, so we're not as familiar with an NFL fan base, John, as you are. We live in college football country. An NFL fan base needs hope, right? Which is not different from college football fans, but with college, there's you know the the alma mater, the the tailgate scene, the coming back to see family and friends. With an NFL franchise, you're either in the running to win or you're not. Does last night change everything immediately for Texans fans? Yes, Richard, because the word hope. I think every fan base, no matter what, wants to have hope. And I think in the NFL, every fan base looks and says, look, we can get this thing turned around. There's a salary cap. Uh, there's not recruiting. You don't have to, you know, do Lane Kiffin, you know, come to the SIP and really recruit hard. It's, you know, everybody's got a fair shot. There's a draft, free agency, a salary cap. you got an opportunity to get things turned around if you get the right guys. And you can do it in an expedient manner in some cases. But you got to be right, able to get the quarterback. You got to be able to get the elite players. And last night we were able to do that. So NFL fans just want hope, Richard. That's all they want. And I think the Texans fans now have hope that they can get back in this thing after not being in it for about four or five years. I mean, it's a great city. It's a great fan base. It's a great building. All the pieces are there. Just need the team to go along with it. All right, John. C.J. Stroud. The last few Ohio State quarterbacks that have gone in the draft that have gone to teams haven't really panned out. And it makes people ask the question, well, is it because of the system from which they are coming? Tell me why it's different with C.J. Stroud. When you look at his ability as a quarterback, why is he suited to be successful in the NFL? I think that his elite superpower is his ball placement and his accuracy. And I thought he was the best quarterback as it pertained to that. I felt like he could put it in a six-inch spot every time he needed to. I think okay. he's special in that way. Now, a lot of the Ohio State quarterbacks that have come before him, I did like JT Barrett. He played for four years. I didn't think JT was ever a a you know a pro quarterback. Now, Dwayne Haskins is the one that I think people will look at and say, "Hey, what? Look, he played for it was one year he started. You know, I mean, yeah. it forced Joe Burrow to go down to LSU. And I always kind of look at that question of. Well, you know, a long, long time ago, it was the Jeff Tedford quarterbacks. Whoever Jeff Tedford coached couldn't make it in the NFL, so Aaron Rodgers won't make it. Well, Zava And then there was that one guy. Yeah, Zava. Uh, And now you've got C.J. Stroud, and I look at him being different from these other guys. I think he's got a poise and a calm that will be very good in the huddle uh, with the Texans, but I do think there is a little bit of fiery nature to him. Our quarterback's coach, Gerard Johnson, who played at Texas A&M, who I know very, very well, had coached him at Elite 11 a few years ago. And they won a championship there at Elite 11. And I think it was that that combination, that that helped. Because you have somebody in the room saying, look, I know this kid. I know what he can do. And I think the the Texans looked at it and said, I don't know that we can trust Anthony Richardson just yet. It's going to be interesting because we'll face him twice a year. But Stroud, that guy could be special. Now, got to get him some... Some pass catchers. Hopefully we'll get John Mechie back healthy. Hopefully Nico Collins can be healthy. We brought in Robert Woods, Noah Brown from the Cowboys, brought in some guys. Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys is a big one. But I think we need one more pass catcher. And Richard Cross, your pass catcher at Ole Miss might be the guy they target, John Mingo. That could be a guy that would fit in very, very well with this offense in C.J. Stroud. 
All right, so let me ask you quickly about Will Anderson Jr. We saw what he did at Alabama, and you know he, I think, listed as an edge rusher, but that's really not doing him. Um, it's not doing him right. I was in love two, three years ago, whenever it was, with the Cowboys pick when they took Micah Parsons. I don't like anything about Penn State football. I don't like James Franklin, but I was in love with Micah Parsons three years ago. Should I feel the same way about Will Anderson, and are the Texans going to use Will Anderson the way the Cowboys have used Micah Parsons? Well, I think what's interesting about Parsons was when they drafted him, the last we had seen Parsons, he was a stack linebacker. I mean, that was what he did. Now, he blitzed, and he could do those things. I think when he got to the Cowboys, that's when they realized, hey, wait a second, Um, this guy can rush the edge really well. Maybe we need to transition him. And I think okay. Parsons turned into that guy. I think Will is already that guy. Now, you can take Parsons and move him around because he has played at that position. And I think Parsons probably has um, a little bit more twitch and athleticism than Will has. But I think Will is relentless. I don't think Will is going to show up against a 32nd-ranked team in the league and do nothing like Michael Parsons did to us. We played him against the, uh, back in December. Michael Parsons did nothing against Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard. Will Anderson will show up every single week. And, Richard, here's the other thing. Parsons is a little different cat. But Will Anderson comes in here, and he might be the alpha of the alphas the very second he steps in this building, which, by the way, I think he's probably about 100 feet from me right now. That's what this team needed. <laughs> this team needed that guy to have those skills because there's a lot of quiet guys here. Good leaders, but quiet. Laramie Tunsil, you know Laramie, I and mean, he doesn't say a whole lot. He leads by example. Derek Stingley doesn't say a whole lot. Leads by example. Jalen Petrie's trying to get there. Will Anderson's going to come in and say, nah, family, this way we do it right here. And he's going to lead the way. And I think that's going to be a big, big shot in the arm for this organization outside of what Will Anderson brings. I think ultimately Will Anderson is somebody you can trust. Michael Parsons, I mean, there was some stuff coming out about him when he was leaving Penn State. And you're like, yeah, I don't know. Will Anderson, you have no doubts about that. Now it's yeah. time to go be violent on the edge and then show what you can do against tackles and tight ends and go rack up some pressures and sacks and see if you can't turn the ball over. And with D'Amico Ryans, Matt Burke running his defense, uh, I think there's an opportunity to do that for sure. And that what you said is so interesting because Will Anderson Jr. was that in the Alabama locker room. And that's a locker room that's full of elite players at the college level. Now he's going to an NFL locker room there's some guys that just have that ability to to lead he was a favorite of his alabama teammates it sounds like he's going to be the exact same thing in houston hey john i know you got a super busy night coming up got some big time interviews night two of the draft really really appreciate you spending a few minutes with us today rich you're the best man hopefully you have a great festival and uh, we'll talk again soon my friend thank you thanks thanks bud we'll talk soon that's john harris from the houston texans radio network He is the uh, sideline reporter joining us as we uh, hit the ground running on Sports Talk Mississippi. Talking about the draft, talking about college baseball, talking about some college football this afternoon as well. We got a ton to get to with you. Hey, hey, Dad, what's up, buddy? What's up, man? Did you really think D'Amico Ryans was going to let an Alabama defender get get past him? Yeah. Absolutely not. Michael Borky, what's up on a Friday? Oh, I'm just uh, a little tired, honestly. The draft took way too long. I'm happy for it, but uh, geez. I could I couldn't have been happier that Forbes went when he did. I was like, I can go do the podcast now. Yeah, the I only stay up till midnight. The only thing you're waiting for at that point is what the Saints do at 29. I watched that. You're from like, the, yeah, the whatever. 
Yeah. Whatever. All right, we'll tell you all about where we are when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi on the road today in front of uh, Visit Oxford for the Double Decker Arts Festival. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Friday afternoon. Alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. We are coming to you, as always, from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. You can visit them online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Book your tee time and plan your trip today to Dancing Rabbit. And today it's, I guess, the Dancing Rabbit Mobile Studios as we broadcast live from Visit Oxford, the Visit Oxford Cottage on Jackson Avenue. We are directly across the street from Funky's. Got some pizza a little while ago. Quite good. Sorry, Borky, we'd be happy to share a piece. I guess I could send one back with, with Houston or Gary or Alex for you. You could. Uh, pizza holds right, we'll up well over a car ride. Yeah, All right, fine. fine. We'll uh, we'll send one back, and you can uh, come into the studio Monday morning and pick it up, and it'll be great. Yeah, <laughs> be wonderful. Hey, they pop it uh, in the fridge. Put it'll it in be the fridge. Fine. Put it in the fridge. There, uh, there you Don't go. Just leave it on his desk. Um, lots going on, right? You got Ole Miss baseball tonight in Oxford. Rebels hosting Georgia. Series begins at six thirty. Uh, Mississippi State got started with Tennessee last night in Knoxville. Uh, it was all Tennessee, and then it wasn't. Mississippi State trailed 7-1. to one. They climbed all the way back. They hit a game-tying home run in the top of the ninth inning. Hunter Hines, an absolute rocket down the right field line, over the wall, game-tied at 7. I flipped a channel during the commercial break, and then when I flipped, they were shaking hands, and it was over. It did not take long. First no. batter, bottom of the ninth inning. I, I said this earlier today, Borky, to Haydad. I was like, there's good news and there's bad news. Um, the bad news is that the guy hit a home run to walk you off in the bottom of the ninth inning, you being collectively Mississippi State. The good news is it wasn't like this wind aided, just kind of snuck over the wall and you feel, felt like you got cheated. He hit it over the batter's eye. Yeah. It went. A bazooka shot. It went. A howitzer. Yes. However you wish to describe it. Landed and another one-run loss. Another one-run loss. That's Wins and losses combined, seven of State's last eight games have been one-run games. Hmm. I've been saying it for all year. You know, the, the margin for error of this team is so slim because they do things that cost them runs. They have, they have errors. They have walks. They, last night it was wild pitches and pass balls advancing the runners. And then last night, you know, for, you know we haven't had talked a lot about the offense being a problem, but... The difference in the game is State gets bases loaded, nobody out in the first inning, and gets one run. Tennessee gets bases loaded, nobody out in the first inning, gets four. They get four. That's the difference in the game. Yeah. Um, You can't even get a productive out. Like, I mean, it's one thing to have outs. Was it bases loaded, nobody out? Yes. The bases loaded, nobody out. They scored a run. They scored a run. And then after that, I think it was strikeout, strikeout, ground out. Yeah. I mean, you got to at least put the ball in play and at least get a second run on the board, but they couldn't do it. 
So you had that last night, and we can talk more about that game as we uh, we move through the show this afternoon. But you also had uh, round one of the NFL draft, and uh, normally we don't put a guest right at the beginning of the show, especially when we're doing a road show. But John was uh, was kind enough to spend a few minutes with us uh, this afternoon. They were about to do interviews with uh, with their top two picks, with C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson, and then their draft coverage show tonight was uh, was coming up as well. So it was the only time that worked for John. No surprise at number one, Bryce Young, out of Alabama, number one over pick, overall pick. He's headed to Carolina. Yeah. And then C.J. Stroud going at two to the Texans I don't think was a surprise. I think everybody had kind of gotten to the place where um, they had gotten to the place where everybody believed that that's what was going to happen at number two. Yeah. And then the surprise came. Right. When the Texans traded up. I don't think anybody was surprised that the Cardinals would trade out of the number three spot because they didn't need a quarterback there, and they felt like they were going to be able to get value down the line. But, Borky, I'm not sure there were many people that thought the Texans were going to trade up and it was going to be the number two pick and the number three pick in the first round. Oh, no, and then I'm seeing so much criticism of that decision today, and I find it bizarre. So if I remember correctly, this year and next year's drafts, they have 23 picks for this year and next year's draft combined. I think it's 11 and 12 or 12 and 11. Uh, you're supposed to have 14. So they have a draft capital that rivals nobody in the league, and you can't just add 23 players to your roster. That, that's not tenable, <laughs> you know? So so they, they have all of this capital that they got from the Deshaun Watson trade. They trade it to get their next franchise quarterback and the best defensive player available, and I'm supposed to criticize them because they traded a third-round pick next year and one of their two firsts next year to get both of those guys? Spare me. I mean, that, that was... It makes total sense. If I was a Texans fan, I'd be pumped about them using that. What's the point of having draft capital if you're not going to spend it? Well, and, and that's the thing, right? I mean, the NFL is a, like, you can't be bad forever and expect your fans to stick around. Like, right. people will go, okay, they loaded up, there was misfortune, things happened that nobody expected, there's going to be a couple of years where you take a step back. Yeah. We're not that far removed from the Houston Texans winning that division on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. But the last three years have been bad. Yeah. And they've dealt with the Deshaun Watson self off the field. And they're able to get a King's ransom for him and sending him to Cleveland. And now it's like, Borky, I think that's a great point, right? Now's your chance. You went and you got a quarterback. They, they wanted Will Anderson very, very badly. Yes. We're going to take him at two. And they were going to hope that Stroud would drop to 12. But it became pretty obvious that the Colts weren't going to let that happen, that the Colts were going to take Stroud if he was there at four. And You believe that? Yes. I think if you, they would have taken Stroud over you, you think Stroud was first on their board and Richardson was second? I think so. And I think if, even if I'm wrong, somebody was going to move up to get Stroud. The Titans were, were heavily rumored to do that. So... They had to do what they had to do, and then they happened to have. They looked at it the right way. They're like, "Look, we can do this, where we get the guy that we need, and we get the guy that we want, and we don't really have to give up a king's ransom to do it, and we have the flexibility." That's that's good drafting. That's good general managing. Yeah, you got to have players if you're going to win in the NFL. There's no other way to win. And they just went and got. There's an argument to be made. The best offensive player and the best defensive player. Yeah. Now, you may say that C.J. Stroud is not the best offensive player right. in the draft, but there's some who had him at the top of their draft board. Correct. 
And then Will Anderson, to me, there's no question, the top defensive player in the game. Porky, what do you make of Anthony Richardson to the Colts at four? Oh, it's a risk, isn't it? it but it, it, I, I get that one. It's a reach. It, it, it's, 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 a reaching. A, it's a bit of a reach, but it makes more sense than Levis. And we'll get to Levis. I, I kind of felt bad for the we kid will. last night. But, you know, Matt Corral sat in the green room for two full rounds before he – two and a half full rounds before he got selected. So people pretending like Levis is unique. DK Metcalf sat in that room for an entire first round. It's not like Will Levis is new here. But at least you know another guy that that sat in the green room for a really long time in 2004. Yeah, guy by the name of Ben Roethlisberger. It worked out okay. Yeah, yeah. and it he might had work to wait out around for and wait around and wait around, and then finally the Pittsburgh Steelers called his name. Well, Aaron Rodgers, same way. I mean, yeah. it's sat sat in the green room. There there are, there have been a few. But with Levis and, and Richardson. At least Richardson is elite at the physical stuff. Levis is just, you know, he's tall and he's big and he's got a big arm. But when you look at Levis, the prospect, absent the play on the field, it's not like he's super-duper special. Richardson is special in terms of the physical tools. Now, he hasn't put it together on the field consistently, but at least for Indianapolis... The, the ceiling is so incredibly high, but he's got such a low floor as well. It feels like putting your franchise into this, it, it's either going to give somebody a lifetime contract as a scout or GM, or somebody's going to get fired in two years. I don't think there's really any in-between. I think that Richardson having less film than Levis was a big boost to him. He only had, what, 12 games of Richardson? Yeah, so like you watch those 12 games, you're like, he can't be this bad. Yeah, it's like, yeah, they're, 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 I, see, I see the tools, right? But with Richardson, it's just like there's 24, 26 games, whatever it is. With Levis. With Levis. It becomes, do we have any film of him really dominating a game against a quality opponent? You, you had standalone elite throws. Yeah. You didn't have a game where every ball that came out of his hand was like, Wow. When, when they played Ole Miss, he had a, an incompletion where he overthrew a guy by about 10 yards. But he threw the ball maybe 55, 60 yards in the air. And I'll never forget Jordan Rodgers being like, this is why this guy's going to be a first-round pick. Robbie Falk talks about this all the time. It's like, he missed him. He was open, and he missed him. How is that what makes this guy a first-round pick? You know what I did my senior year in high school? Tell me. Final play of the half. Hail Mary toward the end zone. Yeah. We had the ball at uh, at the plus 47. So I get the snap, drop back. I'm at about the minus 45, mm-hmm. and I threw the ball out of the back of the end zone. Yeah. You know how many points we got for that? Zero. You know how far I threw it? 60-plus yards. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. And that's not like a look at me. That's just no, like, just like you can, I was a skinny kid that was an average quarterback that just happened to step into one right and threw it 62 I'm, yards. I'm sure in the next segment we're going to talk a lot more about Levis, but we were right. And I thought I was crazy Hold for, on now. for 10 months. We don't know that yet. No, I, I know that I'm right. No, we got to see how he performs in the NFL. We'll see. Well, no, I, no, 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 no. I was right that he wasn't a first-round pick. Well, that, I mean, I said that from day one. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. More coming up with you on this Friday afternoon from Oxford. Supertalk.fm. This is Sports Talk. This is Sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. 
with the 16th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Washington Commanders select Emmanuel Forbes, defensive back, Mississippi State. So, Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State in his state of joy in the state of Mississippi. What do you think of this kid? Well, you think about the comparisons. I really had two. You see Samari Roll there. He's only 166 pounds. The other one was Fred Smoot, another former Mississippi State corner who went where? To Washington. And you also think about Ron Rivera, how much he loved Josh Norman there in Carolina because of things like this. Elite instincts take the football away. He's 166 pounds, but somebody forgot to tell him because he plays with his hair on fire. <laughs> downhill again aggressive tackler he does not mind throwing that weight around this is one of the plays that jumped out to me what you do on special teams on PAT and on field goal shows me what type of passion you have for the game you see the block here against AM gets returned for a touchdown this guy is, is light but make no mistake about it he is a war daddy with a ton of production six pick sixes during his time in college yeah, 14 I think the, uh, the majority of that analysis was from Joel Klatt on the uh, set of so, yeah. NFL Network uh, last night alongside Rich Eisen and the rest of their crew. Pete Prisco at CBS Sports about this pick for Washington wrote, I love this kid. He has good length, but he's lean at 170. Even so, he will throw his body around, but you draft him because he's an elite cover player who fills an immediate need. He's going to upgrade an already good defense. That's from Pete Prisco at CBS Sports. Um, first of all, congratulations to Emmanuel Forbes. Yeah. You just went at the midway point of the first round of the NFL draft. Life goal achieved. And to a team that clearly, clearly wanted him. Uh, if you, they're, they're, the, the commanders put out some, uh, some behind-the-scenes footage today of, of Rivera on his way to the office that morning talking about, he's like, if he's there, we're going to get Emmanuel Forbes. They wanted Emmanuel Forbes in Washington. So yeah. to not only get picked at that point, but to get picked by a not, team. Not he fell to us. Not he fell to us. Like, we got our guy. They didn't have to trade to get him. They didn't have to trade up. Uh, they got exactly what they wanted, and that's a great spot for him. Uh, with a couple other, you know, there's two Bulldog cornerbacks on that roster now. Cam Dantzler signed a uh, deal with them this offseason, plus Montez Sweat is there. So a lot of Mississippi State flavor on that commander defense. And what a difference, a, right, with, with Washington. I mean, even just two years ago, I would have said, yeah. oh, man, I feel so bad for him. Like, that's yes. the last place you want to go. And now it's Rivera's there, and he is awesome, and a new ownership group's coming in. And, hell, he's going to get a new stadium at some point if he plays yeah. a second contract there. So completely different vibe around that franchise now. There's there's a lot of cool there. Uh, that there really is. I, I think that's a great point, hey, Dad, about it's got to make you feel good. I mean, uh, who cares, right? If you get drafted in the first You're round, good. who cares how you got there? But to know that you were the number one target on their board, and when they had the opportunity, they jumped at you to come in. And look, how many times have you heard somebody say 166, 166 pounds, 166 pounds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? It just over and over and over. Did you watch the tape? Exactly. Did you watch the tape? Rivera 13 did. 13 picks and, and six for the house. And against, not in Conference USA, not against the AAC. No. This is SEC football. And it's as close as we can get to the NFL. Yes, it is. Now, is the SEC the NFL? No, of course no. not. It's a long way away. But he locked up with receivers that either are or will be NFL receivers yes. in his time at Mississippi State. He played against the best of the best 
that were available, and he excelled. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to believe in playing against the best of the best moving forward as he continues to grow as a player. He's not going to continue to excel. And I always think about, I made this analogy on the Thunder Lightning podcast, you know, when you, in high school recruiting, right, you get a high school lineman, he's like 250, 260, and what do you always say? Well, they'll get him in the weight room, they'll get him in the nutrition program, he'll put on 50, 60 pounds, he'll be fine. And it always happens. Sure. This is the same thing. Forbes is 166, he runs a 435. If he puts 15 pounds on and he goes down to 441, you're still good. You're still good. I honestly think, I mean, Devin Weatherspoon was the fifth pick overall, the cornerback out of Illinois. I think Forbes could have been that guy if he had been weighed 185, 190 with the rest, if the film was the same. And look, I mean, maybe he has the most unbelievable metabolism ever. Maybe he hasn't been pushed to add weight. I, I, need to talk I don't to him. know. But yeah, I mean, what, 14 pounds and he's 180? Yeah. And we're not having a conversation at all. Yeah. A couple of trips to, you know, to, to Ryan's Steakhouse to get the buffet. Yeah, don't think that's the kind of weight no, they're trying so. to put him on. I don't think so either. Uh, or put on him, but uh, yeah, none the uh, nonetheless. Rest of the first round, what stands out for you guys? What we, Detroit we did, as weird as that yeah, sounds. Really weird. I, I think Seattle, you mentioned him, uh, hey dad, Witherspoon getting drafted. I think d- just like mind screwed up Detroit. It just like yes. ruined their strategy. Because they had been locked into him, I think, for yes. a few weeks. They, they thought he was going to be there at six, and he wasn't. And then they, they, they trade back, and they're trying to figure things out. And then I like Jameer Gibbs, but at 12, I did not I, – I don't see that. And not to mention, they just added Montgomery, who is their highest paid right. free agent. And DeAndre, DeAndre Swift. Swift. They have DeAndre Swift, yeah. But what are you doing? So, like two running backs going before a wide receiver, I felt like I was a kid again. I felt like it was like 1993. What's going on? Here was the write-up from CBS. Yes, he's an airback. Yes, he can do a lot of things. But again, why take him when there's a guy like corner Christian Gonzalez on the board? He's good, but he's a back. At least it wasn't a top ten pick. That's what CBS writes about him. Look, now, in fairness... People have talked about this overall draft class a lot mm-hmm. and have said the two best offensive players in the draft mm-hmm. were B. John Robinson, mm-hmm. and, and he's already gone off the board at this yeah. point, and Jameer Gibbs. I'm not sure I saw that when I watched Jameer Gibbs play at Alabama. I thought he was a really good player. Had really good. But never did I watch him and think he was on the same level as a Najee Harris or a, a Trent, Trent, Richardson. Trent Richardson when he was there, or Mark Ingram, or anything like that. No, I just thought he was a, a good running back who wasn't ever a dominant running back for Alabama. Not Derrick Henry? No, no. no. Follow-up <laughs> question. Anyway. What okay. would, yeah. uh, what's greater value? What's better value? Gibbs at 12 or Zach Evans in the fourth round? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing with running backs, man. They're I mean, always Gibbs there. has stayed healthy. Yeah. But what... What is he? Is he their is he their number one back? He might well, not even be number two. number two. Back? They're already talking about trading Swift. Jeez. Well, okay. What's the value that you get for a running back that people are just kind of okay with? rounder, fifth rounder, maybe. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's a good back, but uh, love, love, love Jalen Carter to the Eagles at nine. The Eagles have the love right. that. They have pick. the right formula. Pick players who were good in college for good teams. Those guys are going to pan out more often than not. Didn't they do it twice yes. in the first yep. round? Yeah. 
not only do they get Jalen Carter, they're hanging around with a pick there at number 30, and they're like, hmm, who can we get? Yeah. Uh, Nolan Smith, I national champion from Georgia. I Come on down. I would seeing Nolan Smith in New Orleans. Uh, yeah, instead the Saints go with the defensive lineman out of Clemson. Brian, is it Brisey? Is that another say? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was Brisey, and then last night it, it just completely threw me for a, a, a total loop. It's got a little French to it. Brisey. Yeah. <laughs> he's just now. He's just part of the family. Well, well he's in Louisiana <laughs> now too, so the French thing works. Yeah. yeah. Um, Pete Prisco writes, "This is a need pick. They suffered some hits at defensive tackle and free agency, so they had to find help." Brisset had injuries and other things that held him back at Clemson, but he has a ton of talent that will show up on the next level. Number one player, or at least by at least one service coming out of high school. Yeah. So you know the talent's there. Yeah. It's been it's been about staying but, healthy. But, you missed but part that's of the correct. season last he, year. They needed defense. They needed big guys in the and middle. The, I think they wanted to get the Maisie Smith kid who ended up going to Dallas. Yeah. But when it, it didn't work out, they, they they fell back on this guy. We'll see. See how it works. Yeah. And the other thing that, that Prisco mentioned there was the tragic passing of his 15-year-old sister. Yeah. Uh, so he, he tried to play Died last season. cancer last year. Yeah, going through that. So, uh, But if you look at his RAS score, which is a thing that I learned about last year, I guess, when yeah. it comes to uh, speed and quickness and all the testing at the combine and stuff, and this is post-injury. He tore his ACL two years ago. And all of those tests happen after the injury. He is among the best in the NFL in terms of speed and agility at his size and position. So it hasn't been able to stay healthy and has had a, a personal tragedy. But for the Saints, needing defensive line help, and you get a guy that has that ability, it's a no-brainer. And you didn't have to trade up for it. You didn't have to yeah. move assets. You know, you shouldn't have a parade for a pick like this, but... I'm in a Saints group message, and the, all of the responses were like, yeah, I'm cool. Like, makes sense. Okay. All good. Yeah. yeah. Fine with yeah, it. That's, that's not the pick that has you going out and like dancing in the streets. You'd be like, yeah, the franchise just changed forever. But you're like, yeah. I mean, if he stays healthy, that's a piece on the defensive line for the next eight years. It's an anchor piece. That's an area where we had to get better. Okay, our football team just got better through the draft. And now the Saints pick at 40. And there's some guys on the board that they probably didn't think would be there. A guy like Joey Porter Jr. Yeah, mm-hmm. if he can fall to 40, I got to think the Saints are going to jump all over him and try to pair him up with Lattimore, give him two elite corners. Ooh. Yeah, certainly would. A little surprising to see him fall as far as he did. That will not be the first person we talk about falling in the draft. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you are right about that. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We'll chat with Leanne Stubbs when we come back. Get you set for the start of the Double Decker Arts Festival for the 26th time in downtown Oxford. We're back right after this. Nothing brings people together and forms a lasting bond like sports. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your favorite teams like no one else on the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Great to be with you as we broadcast live from the 26th Double Decker Arts Festival. On the square in Oxford. It all gets started this evening. Music starting tonight 
and then a huge day tomorrow with music and art vendors and food and people and people and people and people on top of people. Oh, yeah. Leanne Stubbs joins us this afternoon to talk a little bit about what's happening. Uh, great to see you as always. Here we are again, and uh, weather cooperating so far. It's so far so good. So far so good. We're praying the weather stays like it is. Yeah, I mean, you get mid-70s uh, and a little overcast. I mean, kind of hard to complain about yeah, that. can't beat it. All right, so let's talk music. That's your baby, right? Oh, it is. We're excited about the music this weekend. Let's rewind for a minute. Uh, when this thing starts, when you start trying to figure out who are we going to get, uh, what is the what, what's the process for, for you in terms of building out the lineup over the course of two days? So we usually start building up the lineup, oh, I would say Scott Caradine with Proud Larry's Prevents and I and Presents and I and Kenny, we kind of start working on it right after the festival ends um we start talking about it and then try to get offers out september october okay. um as early as we can we all we always want to have the lineup finished before um before the christmas or holidays is there do, do people in music circles talk and, and i guess what i'm getting at is there are lots of festivals that are out there and you guys have done a really good job in terms of, of building lineups and i think creating good experiences for the mm -hmm. artists that come in do you find that artists or managers or agencies or, or whatever talk and they're like, yeah, that's one that you probably want to do? That's what, yep, we do. And that's, you know, that's where we have Scott's expertise that helps us with that. He knows, you know, the agencies to go after the managers. And a lot of them share the same um, agency. They work with yeah. different ones. So, um, and we've worked with certain ones each year. Um, and they kind of give us some ideas of which, and they're routing if it works out. You know, Jazz Fest, sometimes it works in our favor because they're coming up from um, New Orleans. There, you know, will be a stop or um, Memphis in May. It kind of works around how we are. Yeah. So. All right, walk us through this uh, music lineup. We get started at what, 6, 6.15 tonight? We get started at 6.15 tonight with the Stews. Okay. Um, super excited about them. Um, then at um, 7.45, we've got American, Americans Got Talent, Chapel Heart. Mississippi uh, Zone. Mississippi Zone. So super excited about them. I actually just met them backstage. They were real excited. Um, they're ready to go on and perform. Um Sweets, they were great sisters, and they actually had they had already met Ashley McBride. Oh, really? They met, I think, in Nashville at the Grand Ole Opry's, kind of what I remember. So they were excited to see each other backstage. And then Ashley McBride later tonight. Yes, Ashley McBride comes on at nine o'clock. We I walked out of the office this afternoon and heard sound check, and she was out there doing her own sound check. So it was great to already had a little private show listening to her on the, the um, Nichols Air stage. And and her voice was good. Her voice was good. Good to go. Yep, she was good to go. Glad, she was ready to, to perform. Glad yep. to know that uh, she was in full yeah. voice. All right, I, I don't want to skip over anything in the morning because there's some really cool stuff. Yes. But the headliners tomorrow night, Blackberry Smoke, Marcus King, that back-to-back -to, -back to finish things off, that's pretty top shelf. We are super excited about both of them. Um, Blackberry Smoke, and then we've actually talked about getting Blackberry Smoke before. We just had not ever been able to get them on the same um, page. And then, of course, Marcus King, I mean, upcoming. We are so excited about him. I mean, he's on tour with Chris Stapleton opening for him right now. So yeah, I think he is going to put on a great performance tomorrow night. Um, and also, I don't know if you're familiar with Lissy, but she um, 
Ellis was listening to her, my husband, the other night, and he was yeah. like, where'd y'all find her? And I said, that's somebody that Scott recommended. And she um, gets up there and plays the guitar. She's got some Stevie um, Nicks okay. um, covers that she plays. She's good. I think she she's going to be a fun one at mid-afternoon to the, listen to. These are all the acts that we're talking about on the, the Nicholas Air yes. stage, which mm -hmm. are on North Lamar. North Lamar, yes. Kind of, uh, north side of the, uh, of the courthouse. Mm -hmm. You've also got the... Blue Delta Blues Alley. Yes. And that has become more and more popular. It has come become more and more popular. We added that. We actually added it 2020. And then, of course, the festival got canceled, so we weren't able to do it. We did some pop-ups. And it's just grown each year. So we're excited to have that additional stage. Um, and we've got music starting there on Saturday at... Um, 10.30. At, yeah, at 10.30. Yeah. So it started early with Mac and Lucy. Oxford's own right there. Mm -hmm. Yep, Oxford's own. Joe Austin and the Tallahatchies. Um, Mr. Sip. And then I think they've actually added two other ones. So Very cool. Yep. Very cool. So a, a ton of live music. People that are coming in. And, and we're going to talk with Kenny about this uh, later. We're going to talk with Pam about the, uh, the 5K, the 10K, the fun run, all those things. What's the number one thing that people need to know if they are coming into Oxford for Double Decker tomorrow? Number one thing is we added an app this year. So if you haven't uh, downloaded our app this year, go on to the Apple Store and download Double Decker Arts Festival. Okay. It's got the Double Decker bus. You can't miss it. That's going to tell you the schedule events, what time the art vendors um, start, what time um, each musician plays. Okay. Gives you the shuttle parking. It has the maps with all the closings. Um, so, and then another important thing is parking. Parking's always an issue. Use the shuttles. We've got shuttles tonight running from 4 till um, 11 o'clock okay. at the Oxford High School and at the Old Baptist Hospital. And then tomorrow they're running from 9.30 to midnight at the same place. $5 round trip and have cash. And you don't have to deal with uh, you don't have to deal with trying to find a parking spot or the bumper-to-bumper uh, -bumper traffic around the square. Leanne, great to see you. Have a great weekend. All right. Thanks for having me. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry. Poorly timed joke. Completely inappropriate. Super Talk Mississippi. I just couldn't see the monitor. I wanted to make sure that we weren't like too spread out over here. It's all good. Oh yeah, Wait, you, we can we can use a little uh, a little closer Why? together for you two. Why? Why was it down in the first place? Why? Well, because you left it on when you got up, and then we had an interview, and there was no need for additional ambient noise from your microphone. Sorry, we can uh, yeah, yeah get we can that chair out of there. We can just leave that one there and slide in a little bit. Yeah. And and here's My what chair I can is do. stuck in the ground, by the way. <laughs> so look at this. Watch what I'm going to have to do here, folks. All right, Borky, if you're watching, ah, there we go. Oh, Got it up. Look, look at look at the divots. And and now what yeah. I can do is give the people more of the two of you. Look at this. I oh, can that's zoom what, in. As we know, as we know, look at. Uh, I got to cut some things here. Yeah. Sports. As as our oh, demographics have shown us many times, Richard. The more of my body that is on camera, the higher our ratings are. Yeah, but there's less of it, and I noticed that today. Well, you did, and I appreciate that. I can, you know, I can buy buy a sumo suit or something. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Hey, Borky, I was telling him that I've got a friend who said he's never really been into the uh, the people that are like, "Hey, I've lost weight. Can you tell?" And his response is, "Well, 
if I could tell, I probably would have said something. So, yeah. no, not really. I'm like, well, maybe you're a jerk for feeling that way, but nonetheless. But, hey, Dad stood up today. I was like, dude, you're serious. Like, it's real. Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, pr- proud of my guy. Thank you. He's lost I, literally I really a five-year-old. Yeah, I didn't notice when we were at, at Divinity the other day. And maybe yeah. it's just because we were, you know, I don't we were know sitting down already we were when we were down. there. And long pants. and you know, I was eating a lot else. of that uh, the free barbecue they had, too. So you're just like, he's just still over there stuffing his face. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe so. Anyway, proud of you. Thank Looking you. great. Appreciate it. Ceasefire text line is open to you. 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. It's backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in Ceasefire country. You can learn more online at ceasefire.com slash business. We're coming to you, as always, from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Learn more online at pearlriverresort.com. Give me a, give me a looking good hey, Dad. I'm sorry? Just say that. Give me a looking good, hey, Dad. Looking good, hey, Dad? Feeling good, Richard. Oh, really? <laughs> glad, to, glad to hear it. Right. Uh, Double Decker Arts Festival. And what a uh, what a day we've got. There are people everywhere. You can see them kind of going, milling about. Uh, we've had the uh, the big Double Decker buses. They're doing tours around town. Those tickets have all uh, all sold out. Music gets started at 6.15 tonight. Got to go till what? The last act starts at 9, so probably goes till 10, 10.30 tonight with music. And then they, uh, a full day of it tomorrow as well. Great food, great art all over the square. And people just hanging out. The weather cooperating. Well, it's good, isn't Fantastic it? Fantastic out here, yeah. yeah. I'm enjoying myself. I'm glad to hear that. And th- there are people that are disappointed by that. They, like, they are. You're like, they want me to come I up here. I really want Hey Dad to go to Oxford and yeah. then be miserable and hate it. And it's like, you know I what? Mean, Stereotypes. The first place I stopped in Oxford, they gave me a box full of meat for free. You went and saw Greg at LB's. I did, and he, he hooked me up with a beautiful care package. Uh, I, I returned the fair. I bought a little uh, of his fine wares as well. Okay. So I, I wouldn't get out of there without spending a little money. Very good. And uh, I'm looking forward to hitting up the grill this week. We have a food Friday. Later in this uh, show, we will be talking. I already have some ideas of what's going on the grill. Are we going to unpack the box during should, uh, during Food Friday? I, get, I think I could get to the box and back in, okay. the, in the time. I don't know. We'll see. Might not be a terrible idea to uh, to do that. Um, do we stick with the draft or do we go to some baseball? Well, we uh, we got to the draft. All right. I mean, I don't, Levis. we don't want to tell you we told you so, but uh, we, we kind of told you so. Look, going back to, like, last summer, when those – and Borky and I were both looking at these mock drafts coming out, and people were like, Will Levis fifth, Phil, Will Levis fourth, Will Levis first. And I, I literally thought I was taking crazy pills. It's like, what is happening that this guy is gonna is getting this kind of hype? And it, it lasted through a – Perfectly mediocre season for him. Yeah. And he gets the. In fairness, he was hurt. He was hurt, but my goodness, at no point so in his college Young. career, at no point in his college career did I ever watch Will Levison go, that guy is a can't miss top five NFL quarterback. What about the little rumbling late in the evening where I can't remember if I was listening to ESPN or it was on the radio? Maybe it was on the radio at that point where they're like, we're uh, we're we're getting some uh, some media speculation that uh, maybe there's some toe surgery that has to happen for Will Levis, and that's part of the reason that he's falling. And it was like, okay, well, I mean, I hope his toe feels better, or you know, he gets where he can walk or whatever. But he fell because his game tape was bad. Yeah, 
He has a rocket arm. Somebody tweeted, why do they keep showing all these Will Levis highlights for defensive backs? Mm. Mm. But yeah. it's, it's brutal. And so then the question is, why did everybody think that, that he was a top pick? And I, I always say, I have to qualify this every time because I really do like the guy, but Peter Burns today blamed the, the media, that, uh, that it was only a media creation, and people do that too much. Do you, you think that, that Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay or Peter Schrager. You think Peter Schrager is making up a guy in a pick slot to get clicks? A, a, a guy that is on television every day that has more sources in the NFL than, than anybody. You, you think that he made up that Will Levis was getting top 10 buzz for clicks on NFL.com? Of course not. There's a reason they had that up there. It's because teams were telling them that he was that kind of a prospect. So that, I just I dismissed that entirely. It was and, a media creation. And, and, no. And Borky, it, but, but the other thing is, he fits the mold of that prospect. He's 6'4". Yeah. He's 235, almost 240 pounds. Yeah. He played in the SEC. He had 43 touchdowns over the course of two seasons. He can throw it over that mountain over there. When he's healthy, he is physical as a runner. Like, we all look at it, we're like, yeah, but he overthrows guys and he doesn't make great decisions. But we also know that the NFL is a slave to measurables. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They love That's the combine. Fourth. Anthony Richardson, there's nobody in the draft with a higher ceiling. I heard somebody say he's got such a high floor. Also, I was like, you don't understand the whole floor-ceiling thing if you say he's got the highest floor out there. No, he may have the highest ceiling, but Anthony Richardson may also have the lowest floor. His floor is everybody in your front office gets fired. Yeah, yeah. And and I think the point that they were making is he has a higher floor because in a worst-case scenario, he can be Taysom Hill because he's ridiculously athletic and you can build a package for him and you can still use him in some goal line situations. So maybe that part of the equation makes sense and you can actually see Anthony Richardson on the field over the next couple of years as you are developing into what you hope is a franchise quarterback. Maybe that's maybe that's the floor ceiling thing. But but again, we're so, you know, oh, he can he's got a 39 and a half inch vertical and oh you know, he can throw it 70 yards rolling to his left and all of those things. And so people get wrapped up in that. So I think that's the reason that so many people were like, yes, Will Levis top 10. Because he checks all of those boxes. In fact, the only box that he doesn't check is playing well in games. <laughs> that's kind of the big box. <laughs> I mean, you'd think. Other than that, this is Lincoln, box. I was the well, I, but, but, but am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. No. Yeah, it, it's like... It's like you went to Madden and did create a player for a quarterback. Yeah. You'd build Will Levis. Absolutely. But then but then he has to play. But you might build Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Build, yeah, but that's what you have to do. And then when it gets game time, and, I mean, you put the game film on, again, mm-hmm. two, two years' worth of starts, and there's not a start where you just you can just point to it and say, man, look at him here, completing passes all over Ooh. the field, making the big throws and winning the big game. It, it doesn't exist. I disagree with this text. If Levis was in a Florida uniform, he would have been looked at like Trask. He goes if he doesn't wear a Kentucky uniform. He would have gone last night had he been with a top-tier SEC school. Here's the problem that I see with yeah, but but here's the bigger problem that I see with that. 
We, we get too much evidence of, of Trey Lance out of North Dakota State mm-hmm. and Josh Allen out of Wyoming and Eli Manning out of Ole Miss. Pat Mahomes out of Texas Tech. Tim Couch out of Kentucky is what the number two pick went. One. Uh, he went number one? Yeah. yeah to, Trubisky to had one season at North Carolina. Yeah. yeah so, so Zach I don't, Wilson I don't at BYU. Think the whole. This is that I think that's a misnomer when you're thinking about the NFL draft. Guys don't get drafted to play quarterback in the NFL based on the headgear that they wore in college. If Baseball anything, polls in the preseason are built based on hat colors. Football polls in the preseason are based on brands. The NFL is not drafting quarterbacks based on whether or not you got on a, a crimson helmet or an orange helmet or a white helmet. They're drafted quarterbacks they think they win. If anything in the league, uh, quarterbacks from football powers aren't as good. I mean, Hurts is an exception, really, as opposed to the rule. When you look at at recent successful starting quarterbacks in the NFL, they're they're not big school guys. It is Texas Tech, as you mentioned. Brady uh, went to Michigan, but he was a seventh-round pick. Breeze from Purdue, and on and on and on. You've got these guys that didn't go to football factories more likely become better NFL quarterbacks. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi rolling on with you on this Friday afternoon. We're live in Oxford, Double Decker Arts Festival. Everything gets started tonight just after 6 o'clock. We'll be right back. Let's go to the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Rolling along in this four o'clock hour, Brad Henderson from the Olvis Sports Network will join us in our next segment. 20 minutes from right now. We'll talk some Ole Miss baseball as the Rebels get set to host the Georgia Bulldogs in a three-game series that starts tonight at Swayze Field at 6.30. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad just got hand-delivered a new Genteel shirt. Yeah, we're going to try that on in the uh, next break. So this color scheme is you? Yeah, very much. Blue and white is kind of what you were hoping for. You told me the other day, you I was like, can I get something other than a maroon shirt? Absolutely you can. <laughs> you couldn't make that request fast enough, yeah, could you? Yeah, I'm happy to, happy to do that. Yeah. So uh, you, can, uh, you can stop by Landry's the next time you are on the square in Oxford and check out the full selection of Genteel Apparel. Of course, their website as well, genteelapparel.com. And if you're shopping tomorrow uh, for men's clothes, and uh, you're at Landry's and you spend over $300, you will get a free gift, a Yeti tumbler with the Genteel logo etched into the, uh, to the side of the, of the tumbler. It's, it's fantastic looking. Uh, so be sure to uh, check that out if you are in town for Double Decker this weekend. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, thanks as always for being with us. Ceasefire text line is open to you at 601-879-4395. Cspire.com. That's where you go to learn about the best in wireless, fiber to the home, and business internet solutions. They will help you. Cspire.com. So what are we going to see tonight? Where's Will Levis going? 
Ooh. Ooh, you say. So, I mean, let's just look at the the, the first round, the second round here. The Steelers have the first pick of the second round. No. They're going to stick with Pickett for another year. Cardinals, no. What do you mean for another year? I mean, you know, you see what I'm saying. Cardinals, no. Lions, no. Colts, well, no. Well, I don't know Rams. about the Lions, no. Golf well, is up, and, and they, they drafted weird last night, and Golf is up against the end of that contract. Uh, man, their fans are going to lose it if they draft a quarterback there. they got to get somebody Levis, fills a need. Yeah. Will Levis at quarterback, no less? Could the Raiders get him at 38? Maybe. I don't know. That would make sense. It's, Jimmy G's on a three-year deal. What about Seattle at 37? I think they want to they want to ride it out with Geno Smith for a little while. And well, yeah, but I mean, even if you get two more years out of Geno, you're thinking about the future, right? You're yeah. kind of looking toward the future. Tennessee at 41 makes a lot of sense there. Yeah, yeah, Tennessee for sure. Although I don't, I don't, I don't know that a factor in this conversation. Yeah, now now you start getting the Hendon Hooker range. Well, and that's the thing. Okay, if you had if you had Hendon Hooker on your draft board as target between picks 35 and 45. And Will Levis has fallen. Does that does that change how you feel about Hendon Hooker? Or if your plan was if Hendon Hooker is available at, I don't know, 40 for the Saints, do you take him regardless of Levis being available? Brian Haydad's draft board would have had Hendon Hooker ahead of Will Levis, so that's not an issue for me. I understand. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. If the Saints decide to go quarterback there, yeah, I would prefer they take Hooker, but we'll see. So Steelers, no. So first picks Steelers at 32 of the second round. So no to the Steelers, no to the Cardinals. Maybe with Detroit, maybe. maybe. No to the Colts, they've already done it. No to the Rams. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe the Rams too, maybe. You think they're ready? I mean, a healthy Stafford's got five more years. Could be expensive. Right. It just it would depend on how they feel about Levis. You know, I mean, if they find great value in him in the second round, and 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 they want to kind of reset this thing, they've lost basically all of their draft capital. They they are getting close to having to blow it up. Sean McVay's not going to be long for the franchise. It doesn't sound like they had to convince him to come back this year. Yeah. Seattle at 37, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. And, and when I, with these babies, we're talking about quarterback, not necessarily just Levis. Yeah. yeah. Um, Raiders maybe at 38. The Raiders feels like the first one that we've said. It's like I could see that. I could really see that. Mm-hmm. Carolina at 39, obviously not. No. Saints at 40. There no, are maybe. Please, please no. I mean, please, but please, no, please no, but maybe. But as as quarterback goes, if they took Hooker, I would be cool. But yeah. I, not Levis. They still have more need, though. Like, I mean, wide receiver. There's still uh, wide receivers out there. They need a tight end. Uh, possibly. I mean, you could always have depth at linebacker. Michael Mayer they could need be to in play him. there for the Saints. Yeah. Okay. And then 41, the Titans. That's where. That's where it's it's going to be. If he drops to the Titans, if he doesn't get if he gets past the Titans, then it's going to be a long time. Because I don't, you know, the Packers are a no. The Jets are a no. The Falcons. Maybe, but I think they want to give Ritter a look. Then the Packers again, the Patriots know. Ritter played pretty well last year, didn't yeah, he? he played okay. The Commanders at 47, possibly? Maybe. Yeah, there's a lot of maybe. 
Yeah. So. But it's a it's a murky second round, right? Yeah. We, and and the other thing is, you got you got some dudes that are still pretty impressive in terms of what is available. So, Will Levis, according to ESPN, is the best available player on the board. You can debate it. That's just how he's rated. Michael Meyer, the tight end at Notre Dame, really good player. Mm. Joey Porter Jr., the corner out of Penn State, good player. Brian Branch, the safety from Alabama. Hendon Hooker, we talked about him. He's the sixth best available. Jonathan Mingo listed as the ninth best available. By, by the way, first round last night, receivers. First 19 picks, no receivers taken. And then once the ice got broken at 20, you had four straight. At 20, you had Jackson Smith and Jigba going to uh, Seattle. At 21, Quentin Johnson from TCU going to the Chargers. At 22, Zay Flowers out of Boston College to Baltimore. And then at 23, Jordan Addison out of Southern Cal, the former Pittsburgh Bolitnikoff winner, to Minnesota. Yeah. So I mean, it was good receivers. It was a run on receivers, but it was like somebody had to break the ice before yeah. it just turns into boom, boom, it's boom, like boom. a fantasy draft there where you just, just yeah. see five, six receivers go. But as Ed had said earlier, two running backs going before Smith and Jigba is, is criminal. I mean, shocking. And good for Geno, by the way. Uh, shout out Geno Smith. Gets DK Metcalf. And then now, a young, super talented, different kind of receiver than Metcalf. Metcalf is big and physical. Smith and Jigba's uh, smaller, a little more agile. That, that I mean, I, I Dude, like Seattle. Like it. Yeah, yeah, I like Seattle moving forward. They clearly now, I think, have won the Russell Wilson trade. And uh, by the way, did you see the viral video of Sean Payton last night? No. Are uh, we sure that that's Sean Payton? A hundred percent, that's Sean Payton. Absolutely. Oh, now it's his voice. Find it. It, it. It's absolutely him. Uh, hey, Dad. Let's just say it is uh, a very similar video to Laramie Tunsil's draft night. Oh, uh, he's pounding a water bong. Yeah, oh, he is. Goodness. And whoever recorded that video needs to be put in witness protection somewhere, because he will never be allowed to hang out with Sean Payton's kid again. Hmm. That is 100% Sean Absolutely. Payton. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's absolutely him. I don't even have to hear the voice. I, that's Sean Payton. Okay. <laughs> but it's okay in Colorado, right? I believe so. Apparently. I don't know about hitting a water bong in Colorado, but, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. You think he's got his card? I'm sure he does. Probably first day he was there. Maybe so. Maybe so. I did read somebody going, he looks so incredibly inexperienced but do, with the way he's doing this. I'm like, Okay. Well, he just moved there. Yeah. I mean, it's probably good that yeah. he looked a little inexperienced. Yeah, I'm excited that the former head coach of my team, you know, wasn't packing the cheroot every time he it, got a hey, chance. That would explain giving up a first-round pick to go get Marcus Davenport. Yeah. You think in New Orleans he bought it out of one of those Hold vans? On. You guys were excited about Davenport oh, when that. I would oh, I no shot. That. Oh, you talked yourselves into it. Uh, you are yes, you, you are did. literally making that up. Completely. This is revisionist history. You are history. making no, that right up right now. No, you boys talked yourself nah. into. Well, nah. you know, he's like yeah, undrafted nah. guy, a big wait. Did we? A lot of potential. Was Haydad on the, I don't think Haydad was on, I the, was show on the show. I don't think he was. Because that was the 2018 draft, right? And and Haydad joined the fall of 2018. 
That's right. I would not have been there. Yeah. You're thinking of some other guy. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the C Spire text line. Again, the number is 601-879-4395. We'll have the college football fix to start the 5 o'clock hour. A food Friday coming up. Looking forward to that. And we look forward to uh, chatting with Brad Henderson coming up next on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. We'll talk some Ole Miss baseball as the Rebels get set to take on the Georgia Bulldogs this weekend. And one of the things that we're going to talk about is mindset, right? I mean, when, when it looks hopeless and fans have kind of, I don't, given up is not even the right way to describe it. It's like fans are just kind of resigned to the fact that it's not how it's going to be this year. It's just not going to be great this year. Can the players avoid a mindset like that? We'll do that when we come back with Brad Henderson. Sports Talk Mississippi. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Right along on this Thursday afternoon, let's talk some college baseball, some Ole Miss baseball. Brad Henderson from the Ole Miss Radio Network. He and David Kellum will go on the air tonight at 6 o'clock. Rebels hosting the Georgia Bulldogs. Three-game series that gets started at Swayze Field. Hindu, what's up, my man? Hey, man. Just listening to a little Chili Peppers, watching BP at Swayze. It's a pretty good Friday afternoon for Hindu. Yeah, not, uh, not a bad way to go about it. So, Let's talk about this weekend, this team, these games, all of it kind of rolled into one. And I got to we got to start with mindset, right? I mean, this is a team that is 3 and 15 in conference play. How do they show up to the park engaged and ready to go and, you know, trying to approach it the same way if if you flip the record and it was 15 and 3? Yeah, you know, I mean, you take it game by game, right? You you try and run the best nine guys out there to to win you a game and you know, we still have 12 games left. I mean, let's let's be honest. It, it's uh, you're still trying to get to Hoover, and then once you get to Hoover, yeah. you can take it t- day by day. Then, but you got to get there first. And we we've got four weekends left with you know arguably teams we could catch if we played well down the stretch. Now, you know, obviously the problem is we've now lost four in a row and and haven't played well. We played like I've said before on your show, Richard. We played just good enough to lose and uh, giving ourselves a chance in all four of those but come up empty and you know we've got an opportunity uh, against the Georgia team who obviously probably think they come in hot after sweeping Arkansas last weekend but they did lose their midweek game and you know but they're 7 and 11 in the conference so they're not you know ungettable so it's just a matter yeah. of, of playing well and uh, trying to get game one tonight so Mike Bianco has talked to us about this. We've heard players talk to you about it after the game. I think I heard Mason Nichols on, on Tuesday night say to you, you know, we've just got to be better in, in every facet. What What is it? So, so Ole Miss has had, they've been pretty consistent defensively, right? They've been a good defensive team for almost the entire season. There have been nights where the offense has looked like, you know, it's one of the best in the conference. There have been nights where the pitching has looked really, really good, but it seems like the ability to do all three of those things well at the same time has just eluded this team. Why do you think that is? 
I think they piggyback each other. You know, I, I think when uh, when you get good pitching but we're not hitting, then it, it, it puts a lot of pressure on the pitching late in the game, you know, to try and make perfect pitches. And we've seen them get in trouble with maybe a, a walk or a, a base hit and then, a, and then the long ball, and then we lose the game. And uh, on, on the flip side, you know, the games that we've come out and swung it fairly well early, we've just given up some runs to let teams get back in it. So, you know, you, you talked about us defensively. We've been really good defensively. But I think the number that sticks out to me is you, you take Georgia, who we play this weekend. They come in hitting 290 overall, but they're hitting 270 in conference. That's just a 20-point drop-off. Ole Miss comes yeah. in at 287, almost 290, and they fall off to 238. You know, which is just, it's not going to win you many games in the league. And, and we've talked about it so much that, you know, we haven't hit many home runs either. So, you know, when you're giving up a lot of home runs, but uh, not getting uh, the two or three run homer yourself, it, it, it makes for a tough stretch. So, obviously, you hope the tide turns tonight and, and we can get going uh, against Colton Smith, a, a right-hander who will face tonight. Brad, one outlier for Ole Miss in terms of his offense, uh, and really going from regular season or overall stats to league play, has been Kemp Alderman. Um, I, I know his SEC numbers are down a little bit, but the season that he's putting together and the quality of at bat that he's putting together, if I had told you two years ago this is what he was going to look like as a junior, would you have believed it? I would not have. Uh, and, and he's put together a season that, you know, he, he's going to scare, and I, I still think he'll get the 20 uh, home runs on the season. I, let's see, he's, you know, he's sitting at 17 right now with, what, 14 games left in the regular season. So uh, 20 seems pretty pretty reasonable for Kemp. But he's been the glue that's kind of held this offense together. Uh, when we thought maybe some other guys would pick it up, he's certainly been a, a bright spot, and, you know, hopefully for Kemp's sake, uh, when, draft, when the draft rolls around, he'll hear his name called. Uh, a lot earlier than we would have projected two years ago. Visiting with Brandon, uh, Brad Henderson from the Ole Miss Radio Network, Ole Miss in Georgia. Airtime tonight, 6 o'clock, right after we get finished here on Sports Talk Mississippi, and then a 6.30 first pitch. So we got the uh, the pitching rotation yesterday, and uh, it's going to be Xavier Rivas on Friday once again, JT Quinn going on Saturday, and then TBA on Sunday. Mike Bianco released a statement to, uh, to Chase Parham yesterday about Hunter Elliott and some soreness uh, and going back to uh, to get uh, another opinion from a doctor or reevaluation. And also we didn't see Jack Doherty last weekend, and his name was not penciled into the rotation. What can you tell us about health on this pitching staff? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Hunter is day-to-day, but just me personally, and, and I have not been in contact with any of the coaches, but I, I'll be surprised. If we see Hunter uh, down the stretch, uh, yeah. Jack, I knew had some had some shoulder sore, soreness, um, you know, and I'm still hoping he'll throw again. You know, I, I know he's. He, I, I'm looking at him right now. He's just playing catch in right field, uh, but obviously he can help you win some games down the stretch. I, you know, certainly we could have used him. Uh, you know, last Sunday that would have been an opportunity there in the night to bring him in sure. and try and close it out against LSU. Uh, but those are two really good arms. Now, you, 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 you probably will get one back this weekend in Riley Maddox, but again, it's always a crapshoot with guys coming off Tommy John uh, when you run them back out there for the first time. You hope he's the old Riley Maddox, but you never really know. So it, it's been a tough season, Richard. We talked about it. You can't really use it as an excuse because so many teams 
get injuries. But, uh, you know, when, when you're preseason All-American and Team USA guy goes down after the first week and you lose a Jack Doherty and you lose Mallets, who probably would have closed uh, this year, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, been, it's been a tough haul. And, uh, again, can't make excuses. you got to find ways to win, but uh, they're still trying to figure it out. Brad, you just missed it. As we're sitting here, a, a line of good-looking women just walked by and we're screaming Richard's name. I don't know what's going on or how much he paid them, but that just happened. It was crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of money exchanged there. It's probably a little NIL deal for, for those that, that walked by. But, They're all uh, shopping at Jane for got, free later he today. Got, he still got a head full of hair, which I don't. That's true, uh, it's true. he's got a little swag. Yeah. When he walks, he's got a little swag. So, I mean... You know, if you got it, Rich, you got it. Isn't that right, RC? I guess so, my man. I guess so. Um, Those three moms that all have kids my age. It was not exactly the way that uh, uh, that had described it. They were good-looking women, though. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I I was just thinking when you were talking about the Jack Doherty thing, the, the, the craziest part of that deal is he was coming off his best performance of the season the week before in Starkville, and that was the best that he had thrown since we saw him in Omaha last June. Yeah, I know. And, again, it's just one of those tough breaks. And, you know, I was not a pitcher, but but I still am a firm believer that those guys got so many throws in their arm before something's going to happen, right? And, you know, for guys like Nolan Ryan, that, that was, a uh, you know, at, at age 45. But, you know, with, yeah. with the torque and the, the size of these guys nowadays, it, it, to me, it's not uh, if it's going to happen; it's it's when it's going to happen. And you're right, Jack. And, threw, and Hindu, uh, tremendous. I, I mean, at, down at Mississippi. I, forgive me for interrupting, but most of these guys that we're talking about that are throwing on Friday, Saturday, Sunday in the SEC, by the time they get to a college campus, have logged what five, six, seven hundred innings. Yeah, you know, with the travel ball now that that's really taken off over the last decade and. You know, probably a lot of these guys being studs in high school, maybe getting overused. You know, they throw a lot of pitches. And, you know, I'll talk to Laugh about it. And he just thinks, you know, all these guys, you, you stand next to them, they're all 6'3", 6'4", 230 pounds. And, you know, just the torque they're putting on their on their elbows and their shoulders, it's just a lot of strain. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just it's the world we live in. Fortunate for these guys, once they do get Tommy John, you know, they typically come back stronger, and it's it's not such a knock on them when the draft comes and, and people aren't, yeah. aren't, aren't scared to, you know, they don't shy away from it anymore. It's just unfortunate because they'll lose a year in college and you just have to live with it. It's almost like the uh, the kid that graduates high school and decides to take a gap year to go backpacking in Europe. <laughs> it's like guys need to finish high school baseball and then just take a gap year and preemptively get Tommy John surgery, and then, boom, they're ready to go when they hit college. I don't know that anybody's going to actually go with that, but, you know, just a theory. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. crazy. But, it, again, uh, it's the world we live in. It's not just old Miss, right? It, it, it happens to everybody. Hey, about 30 seconds left. Give me a thought on this Georgia team. You mentioned a second ago, 7-11 in league play. They sweep Arkansas last weekend. They were tough against Florida the weekend before that. Yeah, uh, they really swing the bat well. Condon, Tate, Harbor, David, the heart of that order can really hurt you. I think if Ole Miss can can get through that, uh, they've got a good shot. But if not, you know, you let those guys hurt you, it's going to be a tough weekend. So we'll see how it goes tonight. And before we get off, Kudos to Hey Dad on the on the weight loss. I've been listening to you guys. So proud of you, Hey Dad. Thank you, Brad. I appreciate it, man.
He's, I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, man, he's done a great job. We're going to keep encouraging him so he'll keep on plugging. It's good stuff. Love it. Love it. Thank you, my man. We'll see you at the ball yard this weekend. You, you bet, fellas. Appreciate it. Brad Henderson from the Ole Miss Sports Network Real talking quick to from baseball. Mississippi State, Landon Gartman on the mound for the Bulldogs tonight. That's good news for State. They got him back after a one-week absence. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. Because when a guy goes down, you're like all of a sudden, you they're, think the worst. They're already in scramble mode anyway. They needed him back. Sports Talk Mississippi. More coming up with you. We'll talk about the run. Runs tomorrow. The 5K, the 10K, and the fun run when we come back. I listen to that work. That work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. Welcome again, Sports Talk Mississippi coming to you live from Oxford. We're on the Oxford Square right outside of the Visit Oxford Cottage, the Oxford Visitor Center, I guess you could call it, on Jackson Avenue. And we are joined by Pam Swain, who's the uh, with the Oxford Lafayette County Chamber of Commerce and is getting ready for another double-decker spring run, the 5K, the 10K, the fun run. And you're going to have to forgive her for sounding like a broken record because last year she sat down with us. She's like, biggest crowd we've ever had. <laughs> I just asked her a second. I was like, how's registration going? Biggest crowd we've ever had. <laughs> hey, that's okay. It grows every year, which I like. But I love the feeling on this square right now. It is There is so much buzz. If you're not headed to Oxford and you're not here already, then you better head this direction because it is going to hey, be one unforgettable weekend. A lot of, lot of energy, a lot of fun. A lot of energy. And we, it appears we to be a good time that's being had by uh, so. randomly. Sounds uh. like it. <laughs> uh, so tell us about the uh, the runs, the, the 5K, the 10K, the fun run. In the past, we've still kind of been pushing registration, and I know you're kind of still doing that. I'm still pushing, but, however, at this moment, we are, we are really uh, – uh, we've exceeded what we uh, ex- expected this year. We were hoping to have 1,600 runners. We're at about 1,700 runners right now. Uh, very, very excited uh, to have so many people it, coming back to Oxford to run. We've struggled since COVID to get our numbers back to where they were in 2019. And where and was that? That was at eight, our highest we ever had was 1,780. Okay. And that was in 2019. So uh, since then, we've really, like last year, was around 1450 um so i expected to be around 1600 this year but i think we might at least hit that 1780 uh so if you uh if you feel like running this weekend come see us in the morning come see us this afternoon we'll be at the ymca taking registrations until six o'clock and then we will be at the ymca in the morning at 615 to 715 registering again the 10k run starts at 730 and then the 5k run starts at 745 kids fun run starts at nine o'clock and that's for all the kids they just line up at the uh the YMCA in between YMCA and Volta, and they run up to the square uh, down North Lamar, and they take a U-turn, and they run back, and they have the best time. It's so fun watching them. 
And then we have our award ceremony, give away some cash, give away some pottery and some paintings and things like that for our award winners. And uh, it's just a really, really fun day. Uh, all of this is uh, really happens thanks to our presenting sponsor, which is Oxford Orthopedic and Sports Medicine. We're so grateful to the physicians there at Oxford Ortho for supporting our race. This is our second year uh, having them as our presenting sponsor. So we're just all going to have a great time in the morning. The weather's going to be perfect. Uh, I think uh, we're going to have people from all over the country that are going to be lined up, ready to run. So so you talk about losing momentum with the, the COVID year, and then you go two years without without having the run, and then it comes back last year, and it's a really big deal. Is it like all events? Like, if you lose momentum, you have to kind of start back and try yeah. to kind of retrain people and build it's, people? It's like we all took about five steps back, and we're, you know, last year was a couple steps forward, or the year before was a couple steps forward. So I feel like we're finally getting i mean i think the festival itself actually felt like it got there last year yeah but our runners didn't get there uh because not as many people i mean really quite honestly some people were still suffering from the aftermath of covid you know with their breathing and things like that and that really affected race numbers around the country hmm. and so i think now hopefully fingers crossed knock on all the wood that's far enough in our rear view that we're really starting to see races uh, across the board get back to pre-covid numbers this is not an easy race course it's definitely but not an easy especially for the 10k mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's a tough one and you know people it's the, always the biggest complaint it's so hilly but well you know don't come to oxford if you don't want a hilly race what it's are we gonna do you know run down highway seven from it's a topography standpoint <laughs> there's not a lot of options yeah so it it is a difficult course we tell people don't come here for your best time come here for your best challenge okay uh, so uh it is it's a tough one but it's a lot you of you can fun. have your best time after the race that's right absolutely that's what you're oh, going to come up to the festival for i like that there you go i'm I not like saying that. i want to work for the oxford chamber of commerce i'm just saying i can consult yeah i think you just nailed that that was really really good we're gonna we're gonna make that our lingo or our, our logo our, our slogan next year for right. sure but uh yeah the double decker spring run in yachna bottom i was thinking about your highway seven okay that is a flat spot but i don't know that that's where you want to go <laughs> first one to uh, holly springs that's right yeah. yeah that's the winner yeah. uh well, if somebody wants to still register how do they do it they can register online at doubledeckerspringrun.com uh will be that will be the way to register all the way up until the start time tomorrow but when you do that then you'll have to walk up and tell us at the registration that you just registered and we'll We'll get you a, a bib and all the fun things that go along with it. You can come up to the YMCA, which is at 703 North Lamar, until 6 o'clock today, and then again starting at 615 to 715 in the morning. That's Midtown Shopping Center, Midtown right? Midtown Shopping Center, and if anybody's looking for somewhere to park, we will have a shuttle from Oxford High School starting at 6 a.m. going in a loop until 945, taking runners back and forth. For the fun run, do kids have to register for that as well? They do have to register, or they can just run. I mean, you know, it's okay if they if they don't. A lot of kids really love having the swag bag sure. and the shirt. It is a lot of fun. So it's only twenty dollars. Uh, so you can do you can register the same way. Sounds great. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me, everybody. Have a great weekend in Oxford. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi, five o'clock hour. College football fix coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Yes. 
Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial! Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Fan club just made its way by a second ago. Guys uh, in Ole Miss hats and baseball jerseys, Forky, they walked by and they're like, hey, Dad, hotty toddy. And he was like, eh. Nah, nah. Eh. Not so much. He you, just kind of grunted. You at adult men? What is this, Georgia? I didn't Georgia? growl at them. It wasn't a growl so growl. much. I just, I, just, I just like, eh. Yeah. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. You didn't tell her about the, the better fan encounter we had today. Oh, this really nice lady came by earlier today, and she was like, I listen to you guys all the time. I get in the car at 5 o'clock, and I turn on the radio. She goes, you're Richard Cross, and you're the state guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's me. Yeah, she, yeah. And, and she's from my backyard, she said. So, uh, I she need- she's from Madison, yeah. yeah. That that is that is right. Very uh, very nice to stop by, uh, and if you're in the area, we'd love to see you. If you're in and about uh, or in and around the uh, Oxford Square, come by and see us. Uh, we're at Visit Oxford, the Oxford Visitor Center on Jackson Avenue, directly across the street from uh, Funky's. Just kind of hanging out in the front yard and having a good time on this Friday afternoon, rolling into Double Decker Weekend. I don't know how many years in a row it is that we've done this. It's a bunch. Yeah. Uh, what mid probably twenty. Ooh. 12, 13, it's probably 10 years that we've been doing this. Yeah. Houston, does that, does that feel accurate? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, we are uh, coming to you, as always, from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is uh, the home of entertainment in Mississippi. Go to their website, pearlriverresort.com. See the calendar of events that is coming up. You got Jeff Foxworthy, you got Sawyer Brown Band, you got Fluffy coming up. All of that and tickets are available online at PearlRiverResort.com. That's PearlRiverResort.com. Best way for you to get in touch with us is on the Seaspire text line 601-879-4395. Give your business all the advantages that it needs through business internet services, IT services from Seaspire. Seaspire.com or stop by your local store for more information. That's Seaspire.com. Darren and Jackson says, a buddy of mine in Caledonia calls the radio program Hey Dad and the Boys. I like that. There you go. It's good. If we can get that, that name changed permanently, I could probably get a raise. Uh, NFL Network, according to Jeff, is reporting that several teams have reached out to Pittsburgh trying to trade up to put themselves in a position to get Will Levis. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll see how that goes. We will see. Nobody was trading up at the end of the first yeah. round Nobody to, went after uh, the to do that last pick. night. Yeah. But it also, you, you get to a different place as well, right? You don't have the fifth-year option Yeah. once you get out of that first round. So we're talking four-year deals, not five-year deals for, uh, for draft picks starting tonight and moving forward. Uh, all right, let's jump in. A little college football fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. But don't you dare stop there. Test drive the F-150. 46 straight years. That's how long F-Series has been the number one selling truck in America. And you can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer 
today, tomorrow, this weekend, next week. Just do it. An update from Ross Dellinger at Sports Illustrated. We talked yesterday about uh, college football playoff. Hey, Dad was all happy to dive into the hypotheticals and what it would have been like last year. We had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. But then we also asked Zach Selman about eight eight game schedule, nine game schedule, mm-hmm. and I think there were a lot of people that were kind of surprised when we talked about this two or three weeks ago, and kind of talked about the fact that this is not a done deal yet. It's it's just not a done deal yet. League administrators are believed to be split on the issue, writes Ross Dellinger. A divide that, for the most part, is along revenue generating lines. Many of the conferences. Smaller budget schools are in favor of remaining at eight games, and many of the bigger budget programs support a move to nine. Which, by the way, is a little counterintuitive to me. It's almost like you would think it would be the other way around. And we also know that it's not exclusive because Nick Saban is not necessarily on board with going to nine, unless he gets some of the other stuff that he wants. So this week, Sankey said that not every school has made a decision on format. The league offices work to provide materials, data, and analysis to assist athletics directors in their decision, which Sankey said is part of the league's regulatory structure and thus must be approved through a conference vote of the 14 members. Texas and Oklahoma do not receive a vote, though their school administrators have been heavily involved in the scheduling discussion. So here's what we've got. This is most likely going to be voted on at SEC Media Days, but... Well, not at media days, at the spring I, meetings. I'm sorry, at SEC spring meetings. If they, they let us vote, it's going to be interesting. I, there would be no drama. No, not with no, you and me. No drama. <laughs> uh, so SEC spring meetings, likely when the vote happens. Mm-hmm. But that's not the first time that the athletics directors will all get together. Next week is a big, big week for football scheduling. All 14 ADs, officials from the conference will be meeting in person together and they're going to try to hammer out this is the biggest issue right now Mm -hmm. the time has come where they need to settle on the future scheduling model right and so my guess is that while the media has kind of gotten to a spot where it flocks to sandestin uh for the the sec spring meetings and they want to and everyone's like oh all the stuff happens there there's going to be some stuff that happens there. Yeah. But you got to remember, it's not just football coaches. Or it's not just ADs. It's ADs and football coaches and basketball coaches and university presidents and all of those people descend on that one place. This coming week is the week where a lot could get done. So we will wait and see. And by the way, you didn't get that part in your story. Just add, advance the story just a touch for you. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? They're going to go to nine. Nine. I do. But keep the Power Five. Yes. Ten Power Five games a year. Yes! It's a risk. The, the, the money better be great. Quit being a pansy. It'll be great. It's a risk. The, the money better be high. It better be worth it because losses are coming, even for good teams. But, but that little anecdote in here about Texas and Oklahoma are involved in the discussions, if I'm Keith Carter and Zach Selman, I tune that out. I don't even listen to him. You have, you will have no sway, Texas, in my decision whatsoever. Not even to listen yeah, to you. Yeah, I, I, I don't. 
When you hear involved with the discussions, first of all, Joe Castiglione and uh, Chris Del Conte are highly respected, and they're friends with a lot of these other ADs in the SEC. Like, those are good relationships. That's number one. Number two, the other piece of that is they don't care what they think right now. They don't get a vote. And so, Borky, I think when it says involved in discussions, it's like they're kind enough to let them sit in. Not like, hey, what do you think, guys? Tell us what you think we should do. It's a new day for Texas. Probably a difficult day to swallow in some senses for the uh, Texas people. I don't think they're going to find out. I mean, you know, we talked about it before. I was highly disappointed in the way Ole Miss embraced Texas when they played in Oxford in 2013. I thought it was a joke. Like, you rolled out the red carpet for your opponent. Give me a break. Uh, That's not going to happen. Uh, Fans. Really? Yes. Oh, my gosh. That weekend was awesome. Awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of people, and, and the town made money, and that was great. But wearing Hook'em Rebel shirts around town is one of the more embarrassing things I've seen a fan base collectively do. Yeah. Uh, horrible. Hook'em Rebels. I, I missed those. Just, just, no, I didn't. <laughs> ain't no y'all. Uh, people did. But I didn't. I didn't know that. that that's not how it's going to go. Now, like on SEC I might have been responsible. I, I might have been responsible for some T-shirts that had an upside-down horns-down logo uh-huh. back when the Texas Longhorns baseball team made its way to Oxford for a Super That's Regional. That's acceptable, though. I don't have an issue with that. Yeah. Maybe. Might have been responsible for that. It's an ongoing investigation. Yeah. Um Ooh, Borky. That's, that's a spicy take. Yeah, I, I don't remember the... The Hook'em Rebel shirts <laughs> that were floating around. I had, uh, had forgotten about that. I don't even know if I ever knew that that was a thing. Was that among students or like fans or what? I saw them everywhere. Okay. Porky and I didn't operate in the same circles. He was No, back then he was still in school. Were you still in school? 2013? Yeah. yeah, he was still king of the square back then, you know. There you go. So we were like, he and McConaughey were like, hey, Borky. I'll go out there and take All right, all off. right, all right. That's your college football fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Oh, man, Dan Lowry stopping I by. I know Dan Lowry. He could say hello to a fellow St. Al alum. Wow. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Quick timeout. We'll be back with you on the Oxford Square 26 double decker happening this weekend. To the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling on Super Talk Mississippi. Rolling along with you on a Friday afternoon on the beautiful Oxford Square, getting set for the Double Decker Arts Festival. This is number 26. I guess you still say. Can you still say 26th annual? 
if there was a break, if there was a gap. Yes, because everybody had that gap. If the government forced the, the gap, country, then yes. Yeah, every every festival in the country missed it. So yeah. yes, yes, it's I still yes. Still kind of mad at the government for that. Well, they, they, I mean, the the level that the amount of stuff they screwed up. Well, Sorry, let's a, not do that today. A, let's not do that today. Screws everything up, and B, uh, Gallo Monday, six a.m. Hey, yeah. uh, speaking of uh, government, to tie it into college football, uh, guess what? In this uh, session up there in D.C., nothing's going to get done in terms of college sports. Imagine that. It's almost like if you listen to Sports Talk Mississippi, we will tell you things before they actually happen. Yeah, the like an- when we told you that like- Congress wasn't going to fix NIL. When we told you Will Levis wasn't a first-round quarterback. We know things. We're smart. When Brian Haydad told you that Richard was going to have to dress up in maroon at Palmer Hall this yeah. summer, it's almost like they were, I don't know. I can't but, wait. I don't, you know what time got- it is right now, boys? Yes. It is time for a Food Friday. Let's do it. We, you know what? We need music for we this. We do need music for Food it's Friday. Time. We got to go music for so Food Friday I, going I, forward. I mentioned that one time to Will. I was like, we need, and he's like, there's only really one food song out there, and it's Fat by Weird Al Yankovic, which doesn't really paint food in a positive light. No, it doesn't have to be like a food song per se. We, we gotta, need we like gotta, a music we need a little, band. Little, uh, yeah. Like, we need a rawhide or something like... That's Bonanza. Okay. What Bonanza? Rawhide is rolling, rolling, rolling. Yeah, you see uh, the, okay. the Blues Brothers, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Or Rowdy Yates. Maybe we could mesh the two. Yeah. Regardless, it's time for a Food Friday brought to you by Polks and polksmeat.com. I give you the website every week, and there's nothing you can eat on the website. Like, well, they're, eh, I messed that up. Check out polksmeat.com. You can see their product offerings. You can get some merchandise. But what we really want you to do is go to your local grocery store, go to the meat department, and look for the Polks products, the Polks meat products, the Cajun sausage, the green onion, and garlic sausage, the original smoked sausage. It's all there. It's all good. It's what's going to be on my breakfast table tomorrow. Eggs, grits, bacon, and diced Polk's Cajun smoked sausage. That is happening Saturday morning. That sounds like a fine breakfast. Casa de Cross. There you go. Yes. That's how my weekend is going to start. We want to hear from you as well. Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. What's on the menu this weekend? What are you cooking? What are the plans? How are you going to roll that Polk's sausage into it as well? Hey, Dad? Yeah. Um, you picked up a meat box earlier today. I wish a, every, a care package I wish from every LBs. Day I could pick up a meat box. I mean, yeah. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they hooked me up. They gave me a couple of big, thick, double cut pork chops. Okay. A couple of. Uh, of uh, uh, a cowgirl ribeye, they called it. Yeah. So it's not the not the big, but it's still a nice big bone, bone in or no? It's bone in, yeah. Uh, they gave me one of those bacon wrapped pork tenderloins. He said that's ready to eat. You just got to heat it up. Mm. So the baseball team gets those every week. He said all yeah. you need all you need that is a knife and some Hawaiian rolls, and you're good. It's like, there you go. Sounds great. And uh, speaking of breakfast, uh, give me a package of their chicken apple sausage. Okay. So I got that, and then I bought some of their sausage. Too. I bought some andouille, some boudin, and what they call it Swayze sausage. Yeah. It's bacon and beer and cheese and jalapenos. I was like, I'm in. You might call it duty sausage going forward that just for your. That's not very palatable. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> that's not a good name for food, y'all. <laughs> I was, I was a baseball stadium going. reference, doggone it. I mean, I would, I would have said Polk's, but it's already taken. Yeah. So 
Yeah. I get what you were trying to do. Yeah, I hear you. Is Porky uh, laughing? Please tell me he's laughing at that. I think uh, so. He's, he's got a little smile. He's got a little chuckle there. He's got a little chuckle. Um, Duty sausage. <laughs> I did their meatloaf sausage. I saw that. Uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was, I was really, really good. I almost jumped in on the ribeye sausage. I was like, that that yeah. sounds intriguing, but I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually get a you know steak. In fact But that being said, here, here's the truth. Yeah. So so the last time that I did sausage on the grill and I got that meatloaf sausage and tried it, we were doing steaks out at, at my in law's house. Mm-hmm. And so I loaded the grill down with sausage because I'm not doing sausage without doing Polk's Cajun. Right. And I've gotten to the point where I almost always do a package of the, the green onion and garlic as well. Yeah. I just love how those flavors kind of complement each other. And then I did the meatloaf sausage as well. And it put together a great appetizer platter. Right. A lot of flavors there. A lot of good stuff. So to answer the question about what I'm cooking, though, uh, my mom is coming into town this weekend. Hey, Mom. Next weekend we've got two performances. She doesn't like me, right? You're my mom? Yeah. I don't think she knows who you are. Okay. No, no offense. Well, none taken. But, I mean, like. Thanks. She probably likes you because, you know, well, he gave my son a job, so I like him. Uh, <laughs> so you, need, you need to yeah. correct the record on that one. Yeah, that's a good point. It's Borky. It's all Borky. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, yeah, she's real soft-spoken. My dad is the one with the big voice. Okay. Um, so I was going to do some steaks this weekend anyway. I was going to pick up some fillets for, the, for all the ladies in the house, mm-hmm. and Dad will get a big ribeye, and I'll grill those up. I haven't, t- haven't thought about sides yet. I so are you now going to be- do the cowgirl ribeye for you instead? Or are you going to hold on to that? I may hold on to that for the wife for one night because I think I want a, a little bigger steak. Okay. This is I'm doing this with my hands in case y'all can't see. Yeah. Yeah. So. Borky, what about you? I'm just going to do a simple drunk chicken. Uh, just, you, you know, you, you take a, so a whole roaster and uh, drink half a beer can. You got can. one of those little wire things? No, I just the beer can stands it up. Yeah, put the can in there. Okay, with the legs. Yeah, it's so drink half the beer, stick it in one side, cover it with a little bit of olive oil. Helps make the skin a little bit crispy, and then your favorite rub, whatever you want to put on it. You really can't screw up chicken, and then a a bunch of rosemary and thyme into the top on the smoker for an hour and a half or so with the probe in, and that's it. It's so simple yet so good. You could drink half the beer, or. You could drink a whole beer and then another half beer. True. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it feels like this is a formula that could get as deep as you, you wanted it to. You could drink two beers and a half beer. All right. What are you guys doing this weekend on the grill? Polk Salad Annie. I don't know what that is. I need more information on that. Yeah. Uh, Bill in Starkville, he's going cheeseburger in paradise. Are we? Are we? I, I'm afraid I would get fired if we did that. Yeah. You, are you? Are you bills? Who are the bills taking tonight? Well, you know, I don't know. I haven't talked. I haven't talked to the owners yet. Okay. Uh, if you get that breaking news, bring it back here. Uh, I'll bring it. Hey, Tennessee Titans are going to take Will Levis. So. He, there it is. Titans Will Levis. He says. He says the Titans are taking Will Levis. He's wearing a Bills jersey. I asked who the Bills were taking, and he said he hadn't talked to the owners yet. Oh, speaking but of the Bills, would, uh, he, he would get uh, back to us. drafting a tight end, that was an interesting move. Yeah, especially what with what they seemingly feel about Dawson Knox, huh? Yeah, but yeah. apparently they have a propensity or they're going to want to do a Dawson lot of Knox there, too, by the way. Oh, it's Luke Knox. There you go. I don't know what that is. Nice nice tribute. I got you. Um, good stuff. So. Dwayne and Brandon got a one-inch pork steak working this weekend with asparagus and some cubed sweet potatoes, and always starts with pork sausage. Yes, sir.
That's a good-looking plate of food there. My guess is this is not the only one of these that's happening this weekend. We get a from the 662, somewhere in the 662, a crawfish boil is happening this weekend. Man, I hit the crawfish up last weekend down mm. in Ocean Springs. Woo! So Smoke, good. Smoking a whole tenderloin, then reverse searing it on the grill. Sides undetermined. Uh, catfish steaks, tots, slaw, onion rings with coconut pie for dessert. Coconut, very underrated. Can I be honest? Not a fan. Coconut? I was just about to say, there are basically no desserts that I don't like. But if you tell me it's got coconut in it, you're out. Just out. I like coconut. I don't like the don't flavor, like, don't like and I cake? don't like the texture. No German chocolate cake for you? I mean, I'm not saying I won't eat it, but I'm probably going to scrape the coconut off or try uh, man, to. Love, coconut cream pie, delicious. Uh-uh. And I, I, I look, in, I mean, banana cream pie, lemon meringue pie, chocolate cream, you know, what? Any, any I mean, kind of pie anything. you like, but no oh. coconut for, for Richard Cross. It's just not my jam, man. I hear you. I, you know what? This is America. And I try not to be a picky. I like... If if you had me over to your home, yeah, and you served coconut pie for dessert, yeah, I would eat every bite of it, and I would thank you, and I would have a smile on my face. But if you're like, hey, Richard, list these ten pies, one through ten, I would actually feel bad putting coconut pie at ten. I would feel like it should be at like eighteen. Oh wow! So if we if you ever come to the Christmas party. You don't want to have any of the almond joy cookies, is what you're telling me. Yeah, just I'm, I'm, it, it's flavor and texture. I, I like coconut, and they just bother me. I, I don't know, um, but otherwise, don't ever get yourself in a castaway situation. I went and got one of those cup fections again the other night from Dairy Queen. Hot dog, those things are good. Last week I get our Man. last week on Tuesday I decided to give myself a treat. Yeah, got a dip cone from Dairy Queen. That might be my favorite dessert in the world, and I've had fancy their ice cream everywhere. is so it's good. so good. It's so good. What, what so is it? What is it that makes Dairy Queen's ice cream find so out there's good? There's a drug in it or something. Well, that's fine. I mean, okay. it's good. Uh, somebody says, RC, me too. No coconut. Somebody suggests a buttermilk pie. Buttermilk pie is delicious. Ricky in Ocean Springs grilling steaks and shrimp on the egg this weekend, then going to watch the Thunderbirds fly over the coast. Enjoy that. Gary was telling, about us, uh, telling us about that earlier. All right. That is your Food Friday. Presented by Polks, polksmeat.com. Remember, no buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polks. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. In Knoxville, Mississippi State, and Tennessee, game two of this weekend's three-game series. Last night it was the Vols, a walk-off winner in the bottom of the ninth inning as Griffin Merritt hit a bomb. He was a Cincinnati transfer. So let's talk about the way that game unfolded. Yeah. You mentioned it earlier. Mississippi State strikes first. They get a run in the top of the first inning. But that's it. Could have been so much more had bases loaded, nobody out. Certainly could have been a crooked number. Yeah. Uh, and then Tennessee answers with four runs in the bottom of the first. And then they just push it out. I mean, it's 7-1, to one, and you're like, oh, wow. This, this might be about to get ugly. Situation where State 
You know, Kate Smith bounced back after that first inning, pitches three straight shutout innings after that. And then they go back to Tyson Harden, who you hate to, to, to you know wail on the kid, but has just struggled this year. Mm-hmm. And I, I made a comment to some friends. I said, it feels like Lamonis is either going to fix Tyson Harden or die trying. And then, you know, he gives up three runs. And that's, you know, it makes it seven to one. And you're right. It had the feel of a game that was only going to go seven innings. That they were going to they were going to get run ruled, and state found a way to turn it on. And, and by the way, Tennessee in the first inning, it's not like they just hammered the ball all over the yard. Right. RBI single up the middle. Run scores on a wild pitch. Run scores on an infield ground out. Okay, here's a single out to right. Another run scores. That's how your four runs score in the inning for Tennessee. It wasn't one of those. They went double, double. Loud single, line drive out, double off the wall, three-run jack. And there's a couple of wild pitches in there yeah. that move the runners. Into sc- I mean, it just, again, State making their own mistakes. Uh, so Tennessee leads 7-1 to after the fifth. And then Mississippi State starts to chip away. Two-run home run from Auburn, uh, from Alford. Ledbetter hits a solo shot in the seventh. Hancock gets a two-run double in the seventh. Look out, it's a 7-6 ball game. And then in the top of the ninth, Hunter Hines, a missile yeah. over the right field wall. No doubt. It was not majestic. It no. was it was out. Yeah. Like one of those. Yeah, a little sound effect for you. They're getting closer every day. Yeah, I mean, it, found, it sounded like an asteroid. Yeah. And looked like it as well. So, seven apiece. 3 nothing Mississippi State. Dakota Jordan with a three-run bomb. Oh, yeah. yeah. How about that? that Big start it. for Mississippi State. You see, you see that professionalism? I just fist-pumped and everything. Yeah, you did. Uh, that's you all right. Were, Everybody knows. That was, uh, yeah, no, no doubt. That's far more emotion than, I thought you were checked out on them. I can't help but get excited, though. Mm-hmm. I, you, you can't help it. Like, do I believe in them? No. But am I going to be happy when they win? Am I going to want them to be successful? Yes. You think they're going to win? We'll see. I mean, it's 3 nothing. That's a good start. Yeah. Do you think they're going to win tonight? Nah, probably not. But <laughs> You know what? We'll see. Uh, and then Merritt hits that home run in the, the ninth inning last night. And I again, this is the beginning I agree with what you said. It wasn't it wasn't cheap. They didn't they didn't get screwed. Yeah. That, that was not <laughs> that a ball's out of every ballpark in this country. That that is a hitter's park, no question. That is but a Lindsey uh, Nelson Stadium is. And and there are some wind aided home runs and there's yeah. some that you're like, how did that pop up to left field get out? Not when you hit one. it over the batter's eye? Yeah. It's um yeah. That's out of the polo grounds. Out of the polo grounds, yeah. as they might say. Uh, so Tennessee got game one. Mississippi State off to a good start, as we just mentioned in uh, game two. With uh, that three-run jack. Somebody said, how did the uh, ball sound off the bat? You want me to do that sound again? Yeah, go ahead. You don't have to. I'm good. Was it a little loud in your ears there, Bork? No, a little bit, yeah. Did, did, didn't love that one. Um, Ole Miss in Georgia. Starts tonight. Colton Smith game one for Georgia. Here's your contain your excitement, brother. Ole Miss no, in Georgia. I mean, I, it's, it starts in tonight. Georgia. Well, but... But it's like how it's do like you, Bob Ross. It's like a happy little baseball game. There, well, I mean, there is a baseball game. Yeah. And I love college baseball. Mm-hmm. And I want to see Ole Miss do well. And I'm going to go eventually tonight. Hang out on the square for a little while after we finish up the radio show, and then yeah. I'm going to end up at the ball yard. And I want them to win, like you were just saying, saying you go to Mississippi State. But in terms of like, hey, let's talk about this matchup. Yeah. I mean, something Hindu said really sticks with me, and I've been talking about it. It's like, 
all of these teams, you know, outside of LSU, Vandy, although Vandy got got last weekend, yes. got 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 South Carolina, everybody's gettable. You know, mm-hmm. State should have had a couple wins last weekend. They'd be right in it, and then go to Tennessee, who even coming off of a sweep is gettable. Next week, Arkansas is gettable. Look, even LSU hasn't swept anybody yet. So Ole Miss has 12 games left in conference. Right. But we've talked about who they are, right? You, you probably know it by heart now. Georgia, Auburn, Missouri, Alabama. Yeah. Not necessarily in that order. Although, it's pretty close to that order. Anyway. Are you surprised if Ole Miss goes 8-4 and four in its last 12 games? I will say that I would be just because they've played so poorly to this point. But... I was surprised last year when they got hot as well. And I'm not saying they're about to go run off and run another national title. What what's the number that doesn't surprise you? If they mess around and go six and six. They're six and six, yeah, I wouldn't be okay. really surprised. Yeah. If they go six and six, does that get you to Hoover? At nine and twenty one, no. No chance. State was nine and twenty one last year and we finished dead last. Yeah. She so got a five and thirteen Missouri team. You do. Six and thirteen. And you're gonna play State them in there team. somewhere too. So yeah, you're, you're gonna play Missouri. Over. You're gonna nah, play Auburn who's seven eleven. I would love to know. I I can't imagine a lot of single digit conference win teams have made it to Hoover. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I what just, a milestone that, that is though. Oh no, I'm I, I'm yeah, I'm not trying to do that. I'm I'm not trying to make anything of it other than what it is. But I do know that you're sitting at three wins in conference play, and you don't want to get to the end of this thing, and you got five wins. I don't care how bad it is, right, or how terrible the season went. You don't want to go five and twenty-five in the conference. No. You don't want to go seven and twenty-three in the conference. You do not. Uh, I mean, your point. Mississippi State did what last year? They were nine and twenty-one. You don't want to go nine and twenty-one. Ooh. It's a, it's a tough pill to swallow. Um. So we'll see. I like what Xavier Rivas has done in recent starts. I like what JT Quinn has done in some recent starts. We mentioned it yesterday. Pitching is shaping up going into 24 as as a strength, like like a, a real known positive. That that's how it's been lately. What, what's I mean, they finally figured out one thing, which is starting pitching, and then nothing else came with it. It took them a while to get there, but at this point in the season, and if Hunter Elliott returns healthy, you, you've really got something. It, it took them too long this year to find that something, but you've got something to take away from the season that's not exclusively bad. You lose the whole lineup. You lost a bunch of games, all this stuff. Hunter Elliott got hurt. Doherty got hurt. But then when you start looking forward, there is something to look at the season and say, you know, Watched a freshman grow up on the mound. Looked better at the end than he did at the beginning. That's a good thing. This transfer yeah. that, that was going up two levels, basically, looked good by the end of the year. What Was somebody that that you were hoping he would be when he signed him. And then if Hunter Elliott comes back healthy, it's it, it, there, there is something that is not terrible to take away from the season, and it's starting pitching. I think you're, I think you're absolutely right about that. And... You know, if you if you talk about that in the middle of a, a stretch where you're you're not feeling good about it, it's like, oh yeah, Pollyanna, oh the the silver lining guy, oh the the glass half full guy all the time. You know, he never sees any negative. But maybe you do that for your own sanity, or maybe you just wait till you get through it and you're like, that was terrible. 
That was awful. Did anything good come from it? Oh, yeah, you got two starters next year. Yeah. And Hunter Elliott's back. Yeah. And Jack Doherty's healthy again. And Josh Mallett's is back. And, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And all of a sudden you got some pieces. And you certainly hope that you don't get bitten by the injury bug two years in a row. Yeah. Mississippi State certainly has been more fortunate this year on the injury front than they were a year ago. For the most part, that's correct, yeah. yeah. They've had a few injuries here and there, but not like the, the huge front-line injuries sure. they had a season ago. Yeah. C Spire text line 601-879-4395 if you want to be a part of the uh, conversation. Huge weekend at M-Trade Park in Oxford this weekend. Sports Talk Mississippi. Brought to you in part by M-Trade Park. You can find them online at mtradepark.com. It's not just this weekend. It's basically every weekend through the end of June. If you're involved in making the schedule for your son or daughter's team, whether it's fast pitch or baseball or soccer, be sure to check out the website, mtradepark.com. If you're going to play, play M-Trade. We will talk to the queen of the Double Decker Arts Festival, Kenny Ferris. She's the executive director of Visit Oxford when we come back. One last segment with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV in the Pearl River Resort Studios. We'll be right back. a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven on Super Talk Mississippi. One last time with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. It's been a fun afternoon. It's been a fast afternoon. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, and now Kenny Ferris, the executive director of Visit Oxford, joining us as we get set for the start of the 26th Double Decker Arts Festival. On the Oxford Square, music starts in fast math, 15 plus 7. That's 23 minutes, right? There you go. Did I do that right? You did it. 22 minutes. Hey, Dad, thank you. 22 minutes. Pretty close. I I wouldn't know. Fingers and toes. Yeah. Yeah, my better yeah. half does the math hey, in our house. So it's it's almost six o'clock on Friday. My you brain gotta, is shut you got twenty two of those. You got an issue. It's <laughs> a good point. Yeah. <laughs> now you really have an issue, uh, Kenny. Great to see you. What a I mean, weather's been spectacular this afternoon. It this is, is how you begin double decker. This is the way you get it kicked off. Uh, um, I always tell people, you know, rain is not our friend, but really wind is not the art vendor's friend tomorrow. So hopefully it'll stay like this, and uh, we might get a shower, but uh, don't be scared of that. Come on out and see everybody. What see do people need to know? Um, so you know. It's, Sometimes it can be hard to find a parking place, so we want to make sure everybody knows about the shuttles. Um, The South Oxford Center, um, part of the Ole Miss campus, the Old Baptist Hospital for um, all the locals um, here. 
They've got a shuttle there that runs um, all day tomorrow um, until midnight. So it starts at 930 and runs all the, all the way until midnight and also from Oxford High School. So um, just go to Oxford High School. You'll see the tent. You'll see the buses and um, find a parking place. And it's $5 per person round trip. Um, and they'll take you back uh, whenever you want to go. And I think Pam told us that the shuttles from the high school tomorrow are going to start at 6 a.m. They start super early because they will transport the runners there. And then the runners usually uh, just come on to the festival. They just walk yeah. um, after the run, and then they'll take them back whenever. So um, the good the good thing about it is, um, you know, you just hop on there, and you don't have to deal with parking. Everything, they drop you off right here by City Hall. So you're right in the middle of the action. It is the easiest and the most efficient way uh, way to get where you want to. Uh, on the square. In, in terms of vendors and food options and music, is, is this your bigger? Um, so we have this, we really have the same amount of art vendors. Um, we have a little bit more music, uh, a couple couple more acts. Um, so tonight's a little bigger than last year, and then um, tomorrow's about the same um, as far as acts go. So um, the art vendors, there's 180 of them. It's incredible. A lot. Yeah, from all over the southeast. Um, if you want to know what um, artists is where, uh, download the app, the Double Decker Art Festival app. Um, it's an app store for Apple or Android. Um, it'll tell you everything you need to know. There's a great map in there that'll give you booth numbers for all of the um, artists. And, you know, we've got everything from pottery to, you know, fun um art of really any medium so um, come and get your mom a mother's day gift if you're a, a kid or a dad and um, come shop if you're a mom that so. is a that is actually a really good plan <laughs> yeah <laughs> mother's day may 14th That's i right. believe so it's uh it's just around the corner um uh, we talked to leanne earlier about the the music lineup and yes. I, I know that's something that you and your staff and, and leanne all work really hard on we do. Yeah. and it feels like this is a lineup that you guys are and should be proud of we we really are I, I tell you what we we have been so fortunate to have um, this festival kind of line up around we've got Bill Street coming up in a couple of weeks and we have um, Jazz Fest down in New Orleans so a lot of people are kind of routing through this area um, and so it, it really helps us to get this great caliber of, of artists here in Oxford and um, you know the festival's not new it's been around for a while so yeah. they want to play the festival so it helps us out a lot um, and you know every year we really try to get not just different music genres but um, a lot of diversity in who's on the stage so we want everybody in the city everybody in the really the state the whole area to feel like there's something for them so we want everybody to be able to come out uh, if you like country we've got a little bit of that if you like jazz we've got that tomorrow morning you know so we try to get um, a little something for for all age groups and and everybody's like and and then tomorrow night some southern rock with blackberry smoke and then yes. you've got this like rich bluesy little bit of country yeah. little bit of rock influence all of that rolled into one with marcus, marcus king, king to finish it out yeah i i'm really excited about blackberry smoke i've wanted them for a couple of years so um we are we are pretty excited about that and i'm sorry i'm seeing a friend um and then uh lissy is really popular she's before them yeah um 
that's going to draw a pretty big crowd. And Southern Avenue, they're out of Memphis. Um, they're before Lissy, and um, they are amazing. So um, you don't want to miss it, for sure. All get started All tonight at 6.15. Right. The Stews kick things off on the Nicholas Air Stage. Chapel Hart at 7.45. Ashley McBride tonight until 9. She'll go until about 10, 10.30 and uh, kind of wrap it up. And then... A full day tomorrow. Such right. a fun weekend. We'll all uh, hope for good weather tomorrow and uh, great crowds. <laughs> yes, we hope to see you tomorrow. Great to see yeah. you. Thanks. Kenny Ferris, she's executive director of Visit Oxford. Good to be back once again for the Double Decker Arts Festival. Hope you enjoy your weekend. Mississippi State baseball, Ole Miss baseball, NFL draft. We'll get to all of that on Monday, plus winners and losers and whatever else pops up between now and then. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Have a great weekend. Good night. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services .com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.